1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. We begin this week with the announcement of six new affordable rental units at the Humber. With the story, Glenn Perkins from the 105.9 The Region newsroom. We know how desperate some people are to find housing in York Region and across the GTA. Almost every day we hear about the housing crisis. The Métis Nation of Ontario is creating its own affordable housing solution with the purchase of several units that will be available to rent. Cindy Rye is Director of Housing and Infrastructure. She told me about the organization. Well, Métis Nation Ontario is a government, actually, for Métis citizens in Ontario. Métis Nation of Ontario recently purchased rental units that will be made available to the community. We purchased six units, so three bedrooms and three two-bedroom units, and we are going to be renting them at an affordable rate to Métis citizens in the GTA area. What was the catalyst for this? What sparked the need? In 2021, the Métis Nation of Ontario did a housing needs assessment for across Ontario, and it was very clear that in the GTA in particular, uh, it was very difficult to obtain housing. So uh, many Métis uh, live here uh, in this area and only 10% of them own their own homes. So we know that a huge percentage of them have no other option but to rent. And we know based on some of the information that we have gathered through our housing census that affordability is a huge issue. Cindy, how much would it cost to rent one of these units that's located in the area of Western Road and Lawrence? They are condo-style units, three two-bedrooms and three three-bedrooms. They um, come complete with um, a fridge stove, washer-dryer, and dishwasher, actually. We are renting them between 1600 and 2100 a month, not including uh, utilities. However, they're brand new, and they're quite cost-effective to heat. We know many people are having difficulty finding affordable housing. Is this the way of the future? Will we see smaller communities come together to create housing solutions similar to the Métis Nation of Ontario? I think communities have no other choice but to do that. The housing crisis is horrible. People have to choose oftentimes between feeding their families and paying rent. So communities are going to have to look into different kinds of solutions to be able to have everybody housed in a safe and affordable place. How do you determine who's going to move into these units? Well, the intention is to have Métis community members rent them. So we are advertising uh, within the Métis community and we are managing them through our property management service, Infinity Property Services. The intention is for people who are able to afford the rents, uh, we are prioritizing Métis citizens, but it's not exclusive to Métis citizens. We have noticed that oftentimes families have to uh, uh, share accommodation move back in with their parents uh, in order to be housed. Is this a unique approach? Is this new? Doing what we're doing? I don't think it's necessarily new, but I think it's a way of the future. And what's the reaction from those in the Métis community? 
Well, from my understanding, they're quite excited. We've heard a very, very positive response from the community, and I think people are quite pleased. This is six units. Maybe one day we'll be able to more, and that's our goal. Cindy Rye is Director of Housing and Infrastructure for Métis Nation of Ontario. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for speaking to me. Our real estate expert, Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties, is here. And Asif, this is a unique approach to address the issue of inventory, but also affordability. It appears that we must be creative then to address housing issues, not only in York Region, but across the country. It certainly is, Tina, and this is welcome news to the people that are going to be looking for rentals in the area within the GTA and hopefully other municipalities follow suit because we're in dire need of affordable spaces for people to live and that's been an issue over the last five to six years so this is uh, certainly welcome news so here we are early november we've got the last couple of months of 2023 what's your take on the market well it's certainly been a softer market uh you know we're going to start to see a few more sales trickle in with the latest interest rate hold and that's brought back some confidence to the consumers we've had a couple of rate holds now as we head into the december announcement uh, in a few weeks we're probably going to see another rate hold i, I think inflation is going in the right direction and it's going to be too much for them to increase it just around Christmas time. So I am going to predict another rate hold as we head out of 2023 and into 2024. And hopefully we start to see some relief soon that brings buyers back off the fence and into the market. What can you tell us about the price of properties these days, whether it's a condo, a detached, a semi? What are you seeing out there? The detached, the attached houses, other than semis or townhouses, they've been pretty stable. Uh, Price has gone up a couple of percent over last year, so we haven't seen the softening or the mass sell-offs that were anticipated earlier on in the year. With the condos, there's so much inventory right now. I think we're approaching between five and six months of inventory for Toronto condos. So that certainly does affect pricing. And there are some good deals in condos right now. However, when you're looking at townhouses, semis, as long as the condition of the property is good, you're going to have to pay pretty much market value for it. There's no super deals out there. And, you know, as we discussed uh, uh, earlier on when we did the REMAX Luxury Market Report, the luxury market is a little bit softer. And we're going to start to see some... People come on the market as things start to stabilize and prices start to go back to where they were for that luxury market or the detached market. But there's no real deals when you're looking at detached. Can you elaborate a little bit about the condo market? You said there might be some deals to be had. Yeah, with the condos, there's so many completions that have taken place. There's a lot of investors that have condos where the rent just doesn't make sense for them anymore because the interest rates have gone up so much, it's not affordable for them to keep it rented out. So we're seeing a lot of that inventory come into play and it's on the market now for sale. 
because with rent controls, you can't just increase rent. So we have some situations where a landlord was making $100 or $200 a month, and now they're putting in about $800 or $900 from their pocket to make ends meet because of the interest rate increases. And even with renewals, even if they weren't on a variable rate, their renewal has come up uh, after five years, and they're starting to see a significant increase in costs to carry these units. So they're being forced to sell. Because the the whole thing is they purchase these units to rent out and make some money. And if they're not making any money, there's no emotional attachment to it. It's a a dollars and cents type of thing. And they're willing to put it on the market and cash out of their investment. So that's taking away a lot of the rental inventory and adding to the for sale inventory for condos, which is softening the prices a little bit because there's so much selection right now. What advice do you have for those who have a mortgage probably coming up for renewal and they're getting quite nervous and anxious? Well, at this point, it's probably safe and a mortgage broker would be able to advise them better. But at this point, it's probably safe to say a variable might be in their best interest because we do know that in the next six months or a year, rates will start to come down. There has to be some relief that comes into play and it could be a quarter point decrease, half a point decrease, but we will see some decreases in the variable rates. As far as if you wanted to go with something more certain and you wanna go with a fixed rate, I would go for a one-year term or two-year term. It might be a little bit more in terms of the interest rate. However, you can then refinance when rates start to come down. What do you think about those campaigns that are luring people away from Toronto and the GTA, whether it's heading to Alberta or to London, Ontario? What do you think about, A, the campaigns, and do you think that they might be onto something? Because if we think about that next generation, they don't think they can afford to live in the city and the GTA. Yeah, and Alberta has a great campaign. They're getting a lot of people out to Calgary. There's some super deals out in Calgary, and a lot of Toronto or GTA agents have been selling these to their clients. There's also a a huge difference in how the Landlord-Tenant Board operates, where in Alberta, the same rules that protect tenants here don't really apply. So if the landlord wants to raise rates or if the landlord wants to kick someone out, it's not going to take 8, 10, or 12 months to do so. Uh, They're going to be able to do that right away. So there's a lot of differences between the Ontario and Alberta markets, and you're starting to see investors flock to Alberta because it's a great rental market. The prices are much more affordable, and and they're able to go there. And as for first-time home buyers, yeah, they are flocking to the Niagara Falls, the Londons, the Waterloo's, and even Alberta, Nova Scotia. They're getting a lot of people from the GTA that are looking over there because a lot of the jobs have now become virtual so or hybrid, and employers are recognizing the fact that people will have to live somewhere else because they can't afford to live right in the city, and they're making accommodations to get good people to work for them, even if that's virtual. Absolutely. I mean, there's a, a campaign out of London, Ontario, Don't Tell Toronto, because they're trying to get, again, those folks who think they can't afford the GTA to move a little bit west, and it's not that far out. That's right. And now with GoTrain services improving, uh, you know, right across uh, the the Golden Horseshoe, you're going to start to see more people 
head that way, head west, head north, head east, and it's becoming a, a norm for younger people to be out there and be able to commute, or if it's a hybrid type of uh, workspace, they may only have to commute once a week or twice a week. Mm-hmm. So it becomes another option for people to go to. And what's happening in the rental market these days? Rental market is very tight. There's not a lot of rentals available, and we're still starting to see multiple offers in that space. We're starting to see people getting three, four, five hundred dollars more per month than they were asking. And because there's not a lot of supply, it's starting to become unaffordable, or not starting to become affordable. It continues to be unaffordable, and that's why the earlier announcement with the affordable rental units that are to be built. These are welcome announcements and hopefully more municipalities go with these because there's a shortage, a desperate shortage of rental properties, which is causing a lot of stress, uh, not only for the newcomers that are coming in because most of them will rent, but even for a lot of people that have been in rental units for the last few years and their landlords are now forced to sell. So it's it's uh, dire straits for rentals right now, and any inventory that we can get for rentals is going to be welcome inventory. The real estate conversation continues after the break, mortgages, and the financial struggles of everyday Canadians. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's radio real estate show. Over to my co-host and our real estate expert, Asif Khan, from Remax Prime Properties and details of a new survey on mortgages. Asif. Thank you, Tina. Joining us is Andy Hill. Andy's the co-founder of online mortgage marketplace, ratefilter.ca. Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Andy, you recently had a survey done that states that Canadians may be struggling with all of the interest rate hikes that we've seen. Tell us a little bit about the findings. Yeah, not too surprising, obviously, as we've seen rates go to some pretty eye-watering levels here. Uh, But, you know, our survey found that 51% of Canadians would not be able to last more than three months if they lost their primary source of income. We also found that 62% of people surveyed were paying more than their more than than 30% of their pre-tax income on housing, which exceeds a recommendation from CMHC. So those are alarming numbers. Are you surprised at all by what the data showed? Not particularly, just given where we are in this cycle. Mm-hmm. Um There was such a flurry of activity in 2020, 2021, and a bit of 2022, and that was at historically low interest rates. We've seen things change so dramatically and so quickly that it's not really surprising that Canadians are really feeling that bite. And with many Canadians that have purchased over the last three or four years, uh, as you'd mentioned, with them having renewals coming up, 
How do you think this will affect those findings moving forward? Well, I think those higher rates are still passing themselves through the economy. And, you know, the jury's out on how much that's going to impact Canadians, but it probably isn't going to be good. And what was your sense since the the Bank of Canada decided to hold interest rates uh, in this most recent announcement? Do you think that was obviously intentional, considering what's happening on the market? And what do you think is going to happen going forward? Well, as of today, the future markets are pricing in cuts in Q2 and Q3 of 2024. The Bank of Canada, you know, remains somewhat hawkish in their uh, communication so it's really going to be a bit data dependent. Um, we're hopeful to see rates kind of start to trickle down here and normalize at, you know, a couple percent lower than they are today. And Andy, that's what I was going to say is there's this expectation that rates will start to come down. And, you know, they, we may not see a half a point drop, but we may see a quarter point drop halfway through the year. And, and subsequent quarter point drops uh, to finish off 2024 and maybe into 2025. Do you think the anticipation of rates dropping will add to a flurry of activity uh, of home buyers jumping off that fence? I think so. I think home buyers just need to see a little bit of light at the end of what has been a pretty dark tunnel. Um, you know, but I don't know if that would increase the inflation just for goods and services. I think that would only maybe spur on a little bit more activity in the housing market. Andy, you were quoted as saying that Canadians feel like they're at a breaking point. What did you mean by that? Well, it's just been so tough for some people especially individuals that rode at the bottom of the cycle with a large mortgage on a variable rate mortgage, they've had to kind of ride this entire thing out, hoping and praying that things would change. Some of those people have sold their homes and realized some of the equity and kind of put themselves into a better situation. Um, but some others are still hanging on. Andy, do you see 35-year, 40-year amortization on the horizon in order to help Canadians with affordability? Probably not anytime soon in the AAA mortgage space, so through off-sea regulated mortgage, mortgage institutions. Bigger. Um, we're certainly seeing that as a response from some of the non-off-sea regulated lending institutions some local credit unions uh have you know introduced 35-year amortization but in terms of a wide cast of uh larger banking institutions i don't feel like the regulator is going to allow that was there anything uh, positive or encouraging to come out of this survey at all Not really from the survey. Mm. I mean, it's such a, it, you know, we're at such a, an interesting time and it's such a dark time for people that were a little over leveraged 
going into this really intense increase in mar- in, in rates. But it might be close to marking a top here, given the fact that so many people are so stretched. Usually you see this level of pain pretty close to a market turn. And on the positive side, we hear uh, stories about our parents going in with 18, 90, 20% interest mortgages. Uh, so this is half of where they're at or, or less than half of where they're at. Is that a positive sign that they survived and we will too? Yeah, especially when you look back at that cycle, a lot of people were hurt and, you know, there were scars that kind of remained even through the stories that they told their kids. And I think this is one of those times. I think if you were to look, relatively speaking, at the rates that people are paying today and the debt loads that they're carrying, it's probably pretty close, just given the fact that a house was so much less expensive in the late 80s, early 90s, and now you know Canadians are carrying such a higher debt load. Andy, you're a, a veteran mortgage broker. From your experience, have you ever witnessed a situation like this? And what is the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of mortgages and the rate situation for so many consumers out there? Well, I mean, it's been a bit of a wake-up call for a lot of us. Not many mortgage brokers, I mean, I don't think really anybody saw rates going to the level that they have gone to. I think it is going to create a little bit more of a conservative outlook for a lot of Canadians, especially ones that have been really, really stretched by this. At the end of the day, though, there's so many unique kind of situations. Some people are sitting on a lot of home equity. Some people got in, you know, by the skin of their teeth in the pandemic and now, you know, have become very stretched. So, you know, everything is cyclical. And I think that when you look back at 2020 and 2021, we're only a couple years away from that now. And so I think there's a good chance that in 2026, we look back at this as a very tough time. But like I have said, you know, we're, we got through it. And looking back to 2020 and 21, where we were in terms of two, two and a half percent rates and where we're at now with seven and a half percent rates, do you think it was too much too soon since inflation is a lagging indicator and and we won't really know uh, until maybe another few months or another few cycles as to if it was successful or not? Do you think it was too many increases in too short a time? It was a lot. I think the Bank of Canada has a really tough job in the sense that they're always looking at old data and they're always looking at the past. I think the one kind of misstep, and and I think most of them would acknowledge this in hindsight as well, is that they probably could have raised rates a little earlier and started to put their foot down on inflation a little sooner. That was a real frothy pot there, and them holding rates at such a low level for so long, 
you could almost equate it to holding a beach ball underwater. And as soon as it's kind of released, it's now, you know, gotten to these very, you know, eye-watering levels. Great insight, Andy. If our listeners want to read more about the report or find out more about Rate Filter, where can they find that? They can check out our website, uh, ratefilter.ca, and there's a blog article on there that will show all of the details and statistics from the survey. Andy, thanks so much for joining On The Market. Thanks so much for having me. When we come back, your real estate questions. This is On The Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On The Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On The Market. Your questions for Asif Khan are next. And we begin with Sonia from Richmond Hill. Sonia purchased a pre-construction condo, but with multiple delays, she is worried the project will never be completed. Is there anything she can do at this point in the purchase? Asif, what do you think? At this point, Sonia, there's not much that you can do. However, the builder may be sending you extended carry-on dates, and, and what that is is the dates of completion that could be changed possibly, and you'll be able to decide at that point if you do continue with that contract or not. Uh, There could be some compensation. If it goes past a certain number of delays, you may be entitled to some compensation or you may be entitled to get out of that agreement. Unfortunately, a lot of these delays, sometimes what happens is builders may delay and hope people will fall out and be able to sell them for more. In this market, the builder does not want to do that because they may not get as much as what was paid uh, previously for a pre-construction. So the builder will try to do whatever they can to get this project completed. There's also other stuff complicating it, like financing for the builders. A lot of builders may not be qualifying for the financing that they had uh, maybe signed three, four, or five years ago. So there's so many variables that are in play right now with pre-construction so right now, it may just be a wait-and-see type of thing. When someone is purchasing a pre-construction condo, do you think they should always anticipate a delay? In most uh, situations, yes. It is prudent to factor in a few months of delay. Uh, you never know what's going to happen with the supply chain or even with trades. So it is good to factor in a few months delay, especially if you're selling your house in order to move into this pre-construction unit. You want to time it so that you're not homeless for a few months. And the builder will give you notice, but sometimes, uh, unfortunately, it's not a lot of notice. I think the agreement that you have should state how much notice they have to give you if there is a delay. Do you often advise your clients to try to buy and sell in the same market? So if you've purchased a pre-construction condo years ago and now you're faced with, well, do I sell my home now? Do I wait? What is your advice to them? With pre-construction and and timing of pre-construction, occupancy and and or closing you want it to be aligned properly and that's why you have to factor in the delays and maybe even a bridge mortgage to say you know i'm going to bridge by uh, purchasing my pre-construction unit first and then 
being able to sell. So, of course, you have to qualify for that. It may involve taking a line of credit, closing on your condominium unit or your pre-construction unit, and then putting your place up for sale. So there's so many factors in play when you're trying to time that properly. It's best to consult with a realtor to find out how long it will take to sell your house, what needs to be done to sell your house, and then also coordinate with the builder uh, for the closing dates. All right, on to the next question. Dan from King is curious about your take on the luxury real estate market. Are prices on the decline in this sector of the market? Asif? The luxury market seems to have taken the hardest hit during the last year and a half or so, and that's because the rates have been climbing, and that really affects affordability. For people that are moving up into that luxury market, they may have taken a step back and said, I'm just going to wait until it's more affordable for me to buy. There's also families moving in, so it could be multi-generational families moving into these homes that it may not affect it as much, but then there's other things to coordinate, like the selling of two or three properties for everyone to move in together. But if any market has been affected, and it usually is the first market to be affected whenever there's outside influences like this uh, interest rate hike thing that we just went through, uh, you know, a number of them in a short period of time have really softened the luxury market. So are prices declining? You often find that people that own the luxury homes just won't sell until you know, it's more favorable for them to put their house on the market and, and move on. But uh, it, it's, it's a softening. But if people aren't selling, then it doesn't really affect them. But if people have to sell in that luxury market, then yes, the price will have to be adjusted to make it work for the new buyer. So is that your advice to a luxury home owner to, if you can, sit tight for a bit? Yeah, because there's not a lot of demand in that market right now. If you think about how much this has affected people's buying power, it really is significant, especially when you're getting into that two, three, four million dollar range. It could be a deciding factor in whether people move up to that or not. So that's really softened the luxury market. It will bounce back, but it will bounce back last. So you're going to start to see the detached sector take off, and then after that, the luxury. As a reminder, if you have questions for On The Market, hit send anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? They can follow me on X, formerly Twitter, at Remax Ulster, or they can get me on Instagram at Remax. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.